Have you struggled with self-confidence? Being over 50, I've had countless moments of self-doubt from questioning my career choices to going through a divorce and trying to navigate the dating world as a single mom. Sometimes it feels like the doubts just keep piling up, but I know I'm not alone in this struggle. I am your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to be sharing the Beautifully Confident show, where we'll explore ways to grow our confidence inside and out. We'll hear from experts who have been through it all and learn practical tips for embracing our strengths and feeling more self-assured. I'm excited to embark on this journey of self-discovery and growth, and I hope you'll join me in overcoming our doubts and fears and become beautifully confident together. We bring the low calorie side of our lunch and our listeners and our viewers bring the lunch and share with us. So we are bringing you this month, ah, the gift of empowerment. I am your host, Kelly Buckley and CEO of Beautifully Confident Podcast and Women's Transformational Coaching empowering women to reclaim their confidence and create the purposeful life and career they love. And I am super excited to have my special guests today, Michelle Petties and Christine Hetzel. Welcome. Welcome, ladies. It's great Thank to be you. here. Thanks for having Kelly. Absolutely. So we are going to go through our, our questions so you guys can share a little bit about yourselves. We're going to give our listeners um, and our viewers what empowerment means to, uh, to each of us and share some tips and then our favorite quote. And I always love when my guests share their quote in the comments after we're done. So if somebody wants to put it on their wall, they can if they felt empowered by it and they have it right at their fingertips. Oh, so Michelle, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your journey of how you came to where you are right now? Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. My pleasure. Um, as you can see, my name is Michelle Pettis and I am a, I'm a writer, I am a speaker, and I am the author of Living Large, The Stories of a Food Addict. I am, I am a, I'm a food addict. I'm, I'm in recovery. Um, but an addict nonetheless. And for 40 years, I struggled with food addiction, with sugar addiction, and with obesity. And you talk about um, claiming, um, teaching women to reclaim their confidence. What I found was that when I reclaimed control of my appetite, when I reclaimed control of my body, when I reclaimed control of my thoughts around food, eating, and hunger, I was able to reclaim my life. So um, where I am now, what you see now uh, is not what it has always been like for me. Um, I have gained and lost over 700 pounds in my lifetime. And at, <laughs> yeah, over 700 pounds. And, 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 my, and my story, my story, Kelly, is not, is not unusual. It's not unique at all. I just put some numbers to it, right? So Because so many, so many women, so many of us struggle with you lose 30, you gain 40, you lose 40, you gain 50, you lose 50, you gain 60. And it is a cycle. It is a cycle that kept me trapped for so many years until I learned how to unpack the stories and beliefs that I had around food, eating, and hunger. And now I teach others how to unpack their own stories. I teach others how to rewrite their stories so that they can have more confidence, so they can have more freedom, more joy, more power. And uh, move through this life with the purpose that they are intended to move. So that's oh a little gosh. bit about me. 
What a story. And you're right. Actually, I, I'm sure a lot of women have that same story. They just haven't added it up on the calculator. Right. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for bringing that. kind of hit you in the life. face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 100 pounds. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure if people added it up, they would probably come up with some number they were shocked by. That's that's amazing. And also- I think we're all doing lives. some mental math. We're like, yeah. talking. Yes. like Wait, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I think it's it's so important though, also um, for women to know you're not alone and you don't have to be embarrassed and, and, and sh- live in shame by it. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. your story. Absolutely. And there, and there, and you know what, you, you don't have to live alone, but you don't, you don't have, you don't have to be a victim, right? We don't have to be victims to that, that we, that we do have, because we have our mind, because we have the power of our brain, of our, of, of our thoughts, we have the power of a conscious, of consciousness and awareness. That's the first step because we have that. That means that it's possible. It's possible for us to find some peace with our bodies. Yeah. Thank you so much. Ah, and Christine, tell us a little bit about you and, and a little about your journey. Well, a little bit about me is that I had that quarter life crisis that now in my middle age, being in my mid forties feels absolutely ridiculous to admit that I had a quarter life crisis, but I do fond, I mean, just very vividly remember thinking I'm destined for more. This isn't what I want. I'm living a very trapped nine to five life. I feel like there's a mission that's calling for me and I'm just not living it to its full, full potential. And as I've mentioned to a couple of folks, when I had that kind of hit me in the head, hit me right in the face, I just froze because there was so much fear and there was so much lacking of confidence and so much lacking of that empowerment to really make any of the changes that would have allowed me to feel like I should move forward and pursue my dreams. And there was a lot of fear of failing because we do have a society that does really teach us that we have to be perfect or it looks like it should be perfect. So luckily, because of life experiences, I took up running. And as you mentioned, Michelle, running helped me rewrite my story. Every step I took, I was able to see that I could have resiliency and persistence and I could fail and still be able to pick myself up and move forward. So I was able to move forward in that passion and get certified and have since then continued to work with women who are ready to make their running dreams come true. So I'm actually on a mission to dare women to forego being ordinary and dare to be extra ordinary as we move forward into 2024. And I do believe a lot of that for me is the empowerment coming through the mindset of moving our bodies in a way that feels good. So moving my body through running is what I love, but nor never would I say that's the only way you should move your body. But that is a foundational tenet. Just like we know with Michelle, you have to fuel yourself well, you have to move your body to feel the most confident that you can. Ah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And I do. There is a lot of people and especially women who would say, I, I would like to start running. I don't even know where to start. Um, but I loved you. You both talked about taking those small steps. Um, yes, so I think we, we all have that in common is working with women on, you know what, it's okay to take the small step and it's okay to be afraid of the next step because this is the box we've known. And, you know, breaking out of that box 
how do you do it? You know, you've gotten so used to this little comfort zone in the box is what's the next step for me? Oh, I love that you you talked about that, Christine, as well. Thank you. And then let me jump in right here, right quick. Yeah. Uh, Christine, your, your story, your story about running really resonates with me. While I am not a runner, I am a walker. And um, it and this the this movement, and there's so there's so much of my journey um, around just transformation that started with me walking, and it and it, and it started with me. It's you know I, um, oddly enough, it started with me walking um, when the recession hit, and I just saw my financial world collapse. And I ended up not having a car. And so I was forced to walk. I had to walk. And um, I didn't like it at all, as a, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and the whole time I was walking, I was, mad, I was mad and I was resentful because I saw this whole life that I was used to just slipping away and I didn't see how that it was coming back. And I sit here and I tell you right now that in many ways, that recession was the best thing that ever happened to me because it it allowed me to rebuild my life. It allowed me to reconstruct my life and look at my life in a different way and not try to get my old life back, but to create something new, something new and better because I lost that. Yes. And, and now, you know, I, I walk, I walk and I'm happy when I walk. People honk at me when I'm walking, when I don't walk because I'm traveling. Right. I, 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 you know, they, they ask me, you know, you know, where have you been? And, you know, nobody, nobody was honking and waving at me when I first started walking when I was mad. <laughs> well, that's because now you're exuding that joy and that confidence yes. and that is an attractor and people yes. just cannot help but smile when they see the joy that you have on your face. So, of course, so. We're meant to move. We're born yes. to move. Our bodies are not meant to sit in these little, I mean, I know I sit here much longer than I should. So, yeah. but our bodies are <laughs> meant to move. So we have to find what actually works for us and just hone in on that. And there's a lot of great research that's done where we start to actually rewire our brain through neuroplasticity when we do move our body. That allows mm -hmm. us to be a foundational tool to start to see how we can really reframe our, our lives. And mm -hmm. For you, it was maybe at a necessity, but it helped you to trigger. What is it that I really want? Exactly. How do I not put myself in this situation? Or how do I put everything in control where I can actually be empowered to move forward with my choices? Let me jump Absolutely. in here because I feel like this conversation is leading us to our next thing, which is what does empowerment mean to you? So, Christine, I'm going to say just oh, keep gosh. going and give us our what empowerment means it's to you. It's such give a word. Gift. It's such a beautiful word because we use it often, right? And we know that feeling and it's almost so hard. It's, it's, you feel so strong. You feel larger than life. You feel taller. You feel like you are just wearing a superhero cape, even though I, again, most women who are listening with their lunch, you guys are wearing a superhero cape because you are tackling 3000 things. It just may be invisible. This is your reminder to let you know that you are absolutely rocking it. But empowerment basically means we're, for me, where we're able to put ourselves in a situation where whether it's handed to us out of just the ups and downs of life, or it's something that we have that we've actually consciously decided and hasn't panned out the way that we wanted to, that we continue to feel like we are able to put things back into a place where we can get back on the journey. And by that, I mean, it's like going on a sailboat 
and not really knowing exactly where we're ending up because the waves may take us or the winds may take us a different way. Well, we're empowered to know that we're still the captain of our own boat, the captain of our own journey. We may have to adjust those sails a little bit. Maybe we went to the Bahamas and we were really trying to go to St. Croix, but we can adjust <laughs> those sails and get back to it. So I think for me, empowerment is not that it should look perfect, not that it should be linear, but that it should be something that we feel confident to continue moving forward, whatever that looks like for us. Oh, that's great. And St. Croix or the Bahamas, either one, we're good. I'm, I'm good <laughs> either way as well. <laughs> but I love that, that we are, we need to know we are the captain of our own ship. So I love that quote. Thank you. Hmm, and Michelle, how about you? What does empowerment mean to you? You know, um, I think empowerment, empowerment means something to me every day, depending on the situation. <laughs> That's good. Now, however, However, just this week, I was working with one of my clients in one of our, our writing sessions, and she said something um, that was so profound that I really feel compelled to share it, and I, I it speaks to me of empowerment. And she talked about having a higher desire, and we were talking about appetite, and I, I was sharing with her that, you know, so much of our 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 thoughts and how we move or our, so much of our thoughts around food eating and hunger has to do with what's on the plate in front of us it has to do with appearance taste smell and pleasure that we in the moment not how we see ourselves in the future how we want to look in the future how we want to feel how we want to show up and once we decide that future space that future place for us then we can make decisions about food, eating, and hunger based on that rather than what's right in front of us. So the desire for what we want in the future has to be more, has to be bigger and more compelling than what our taste buds are telling us right now. I say all that to say she said we have to have a higher desire. And as I think about empowerment, empowerment is that thing that moves us to this place of higher desire. And that's, it's that, it's that movement to something beyond where you are. And it, and it, and it may have, it may have some other name other than empowerment. You know, we can, we can call it whatever we want to call it, but it's, but it's this, it's this drive, it's this motion, it's this notion that pulls us beyond our current state. Yeah. To the place that we want to go. So, so we need that on a t-shirt. Yeah. I, I want a t-shirt or a coffee mug. Higher desire. I like just a... <laughs> and, yes. you know, Michelle, I think that goes right along with um, what Christine was talking about, that she knew she was meant for more. Yes. Is, you know, at some point in our lives, something hits. And then it's that empowerment within us of, what do we do with that? Do we sit on it and mm -hmm. just stay in our little world? Or do we act on it and and set that that dream and goal and decide where we're gonna go? You know, and and I love also that you talked about um it might be different today. So because I look at um and work with women on looking at a quarter at a time. I feel like too often we look at 
we're looking at the end game of, you know, 50 years from now. And it becomes so big in our minds and in our hearts that it just shuts us down. So yes, having yes. that higher desire and, and bringing it down to what's, what's my next thing. And you mm -hmm. talking about what's in front of us on the plate. I know I've done that. I don't care what this is doing to me. I'm going to be good. Right. You're right. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, Christine, why don't you share with us? Because you definitely were already on the path of it. Your two to three tips. If women, uh, if a woman is feeling like, I don't, I'm relating to them, but I don't know what to do with this. How can I start to feel empowered? Can you give us two to three tips? I Well, interestingly enough, Michelle, this is probably going to go right into yours. This is where I would start working with folks where we would do more of that, uh, a bit of freeform writing or brainstorming. So absolutely kind of getting those thoughts out into words, whether it's on paper or talking it out with a dear trusted friend or a coach and starting to actually give a semblance, give life to what it is that we're, we're feeling, maybe where what that challenge may be. So that would be a very pivotal way. I actually am a huge fan of journaling it out in terms of writing it down. So it is one of the best tools I feel available, but then to create structure as to, while I do wholeheartedly agree with you that it has to be a small plan to get us to that overarching, I do feel like we need to have an idea of what that, what we're looking for, what we're working for. So to put it in running terms, if I'm working with someone who knows that they wanna do a marathon, but at this point they have been living a more sedentary lifestyle, well, we may know that that may be a year, two or three years out, but it's still something where it comes back to them. So I'm a very big proponent of also utilizing vision boards so that we can continue to see that higher desire or that long-term goal and remind ourselves why we're doing these little steps, why we're leaving our comfortable bed at four o'clock in the morning to go for a run or whatever the case may be. So I'm a big fan of putting these things out of our beautiful brains that have so much to remember, like what we're going to make for dinner, or did we pick up the kids yeah. and putting it out there, whether it's written word or in a visual form, depending on the individual. The other thing is that if it's calling to you and it's whispering and it continues to whisper, then you have to just take action. We build confidence in the things that we're doing, not by actually it being something that looks perfect or knowing how to do it, but just by actually that imperfect action, that imperfect progress is progress. And that will, that trajectory will move you forward and create that momentum. Oh, I love that. And it, it's something we've talked about before um, on my podcast is taking that action. You can think about it all you want, but you are, you're not going to have that feeling of empowerment if you don't take that action. And we do. I know that I'm a club member of Overthinkers Anonymous or not so anonymous because I'm, I'm calling myself out right here. So. <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing that. Those are great tips. Oh, so over to you, Michelle. What are your two or three tips to start you know, a woman's feeling empowered? Yes. Yeah, so so I, I do have a few tips, but I, I want to go back to Christine's imperfect action. I love that. I I love that. And there and, and and there is there's a piece of me that wants to say, you know, expect to fail. And not and not even just expect to fail, embrace the failure. Know that the failure is part, whatever you perceive as failure, not getting the thing that you want, it being like you wanted to be the first time, that that's part of the process. That's part of the growth process. And I know this in, you know, in this 
uh, in the weight loss journey and dealing with food and all of this is that there, 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 there's a, a there's a um a part of my book when I talk about the lost bread pudding weekend. Right, right. But I thought, but I what I thought it was, I thought I was doing so well, and then I had that weekend. But well, I mean, a- bread pudding will do that. Like I, I'm now thinking of bread pudding. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty freeze frame, though. <laughs> much more fortuitous of any freeze frame that I would have. That's for sure. <laughs> so, oh my but goodness. I do love how she was talking a bit about that. So when she comes back on, if we can pick back up into that expecting to fail, I do, again, I think I, I mentioned that earlier on where we do have, and I'm again, very much a perfectionist and stand in my own way because of that. And I'm sure that you work with plenty of your clients where we tend to be our own worst enemy and get into our head quite frequently. So starting to reframe that with actually really embracing that fail like fail often and fail quickly so that you can move forward with a better a better chance of bringing it forward in the future absolutely we lost you for a second michelle (laughs) and now you're we can't hear you now you can't hear me there we okay yeah just quite a little quieter though than before Oh, I don't, I don't know what happened. My internet just all of a sudden went out. Okay. You're good now. <laughs> ah, so, so, so I was saying this. Where, where you were going with that. And this break, that the failure. breakthrough is going to be transformational. In the, in the failure, we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to find the breakthrough that's going to be transformational. And whenever, whenever I think about this failure thing, I think about babies. I know I'm kind of off track when I give it my three points, uh, but you know, I don't have children and I don't even remember being a baby, but I watch them all the time. And, <laughs> and if you look at them, especially when they're crawling and they're trying to learn how to walk, what I watch them, it's fascinating because they don't even, they probably don't even know what the word, they don't even know the word walking. They just know that the big walking people are doing some things that they can't do because they're on the ground. And it, and as they get up and they're taking these first tentative steps, and the first time they fall, they'll fall, they'll fall on the butt and they might cry a little bit, ah, because it kind of surprises them. But they get right back up. They get right back up and then they will fall again. But if you watch them, the second time they fall, the third time they fall, they'll fall, the fourth time they fall, they don't cry. They don't cry. They're like, oh, but look, I fell. It's kind of it like a little game to them. And they get right back up. And in that whole process of getting falling down on their butt and getting back up, it never, ever occurs to them that they won't walk. Yeah. It never occurs to them. The, the notion of stopping, they don't even, they don't have a name for it. They don't say, oh, I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to walk today. I'm not going to do this. That, that, that failure is not even in their brain. It's just, this is just what I, I have to get an adult's hand. They have to hold my hands. I have to hold on to the chair. I have to hold on to the coffee table I, until I get myself steady. I got to do all that. But eventually I'm going to do what the walking people do and get in a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. So, I mean, I think it's, it's just a, such a great analogy for failure is you know, if we would be more like a baby, how many times would we just say, oh, that didn't work. Let me just move on to the next thing. Or it didn't work that way. And yes. how do I need to adjust 
to move on and and claim that next victory for myself. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And so back and back to the steps. There, you know, in in my process, uh, my brand is I am brand new now. And if you and if you think about brand new, there are eight steps. And I have an eight step process for transformation. I'm not going to go through the eight steps right here. I'm just going to tell you what I believe is the most important one. And the most important one is the very first one. It is like being like a baby and believing. It is it is beginning. And there is a statement. I don't know if you've heard this before. It's called begin with the end in mind. Begin. With, you, can, you have to know. You have to know where you want to go. Right? You just didn't have an idea. It may change along the route. But, but, but having this North Star, having this guiding point, knowing that this is the direction, right? That, that allows us to be able to move past the barriers and release the things that are holding us back. Oh, I'm not, I can release this because I know if I release this, I'm going to get this thing, this, 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 end, this end that I'm looking for, right? I can, re I can release it because this end that I'm looking for is better, right? It's, that's, a, that's a better place for me. So just get to the point where this end that you have in mind is more beautiful, more compelling, more sh is stronger, is more purposeful than the place that you're in right now. And that move that moves us forward through everything, having having it guiding our stuff. Uh, thank you. That, those are great tips. Thank you so much. Um, and yes, it is it's so important to have that end goal in mind so that we know where are we going? You know, yes. how do you how do you know what you're doing daily if, if you don't have some kind of end goal in mind? So right, I love right. that. Thank you. Right. Right. Yeah. So you guys have switched sides for me. <laughs> oh, we did? Okay. We're keeping we're keeping it visually okay. interesting. Yeah. That yeah. was me. That was that was me. I know I I know I did that when I that's okay. my internet went out. My fault. What is your favorite empowerment quote? Oh, there's so many. I love words. I'm a logophile and just like, I love to accumulate them quite frequently. So if anyone does decide to move forward with any of the things that we've said, I'd love to hear you guys tag us for sure. So, cause that would be so incredible to see if what words resonate with folks, but I'm a really big fan of Walt Disney, maybe because Disneyland and Disney World's in my backyard, but the actual individual, because he did fail and he failed often. And it was because of those failures that he was able to get his successes. And whether or not we look at him with lenses of him potentially being more controversial in today's day and age, at that time, he did embrace failure. And one of the things that I love is his quote, that if you can dream it, you can do it. And it's very simple. It's very, very simple, but it truly is. If it's, if it's, Touching on your heart, if you can dream it, if you can see it, if you can have it as your North Star, you can do it. And that just is what everything resonates with me on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I think I think a lot of us have heard that quote, but I always love the reminder of, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Michelle, how about your favorite empowerment quote? So my favorite, my favorite empowerment quote. Um, so for years, for a good, for a good portion of my career, I worked in advertising sales and media and radio, and I worked for um, the largest African American owned media company in the world. 
and it's owned by Kathy Hughes, who is the founder and the founder of Urban One. And I worked for her before it was a publicly traded company. She's the very first African-American woman to take a, take a company public. And I worked for her before she did that, when the company was uh, not in 52 cities, right? But in in one city in Washington, D.C., and she was actually on the air herself broadcasting in a trailer in the hood. Wow. That's where we were. This was, this was, this was back in the 90s. Huh. And when she was on the air on AM, she was on the air on the AM station, not even FM back then. <laughs> she would she would open and close her mic with information is power. Mm-hmm. And that was really the bedrock of the company and how she built her company was empowering, empowering the community and in, empowering the audience and the listeners through information. And um, when I decided to write my book, I went back to her and she actually wrote the forward. She actually wrote the forward to my book. Wow. And uh, and I felt in many ways that it was full circle because so many of my stories and what I write about in my platform now is about having information that empowers us about what we eat, why we eat what we eat, because we can't do anything without our good health, right? It's not about wealth. It's about our purpose, about how we move through the world. We can't have companies. We can't explore our visions and our visions. And at the center of our good health is what we put in our bodies. And we have to have good, solid information about that so we can make empowered choices. Information gives us empowered choices and uh, the ability to make empowered choices, let me say that. And so that that information is power. It's it's three words, but... but they are three words that are transformational. Ah, thank you so much. Oh my goodness, ladies. We are at just about 1230. I appreciate everything both of you shared. And so if you are watching the live or you're watching the replay, please comment something that resonated with you. Um, or something that, you know, did, did you have a failure that you turned around or you moved on quickly from? We want to hear from you. Something that made you feel empowered. And if you're listening on the podcast, please like, write us a review. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts and, and know, is this impacting you? Are, you? are you hearing this? Is it something that you are grabbing a hold of and, and taking forward? And all of the information of how to connect with all of us will be in the comments, in the show notes. Um, so if something resonated and you're like, I need to talk to that lady, um, please check it out. And thank you, ladies, both so much for being here. Thank you Such so much. Pleasure. Have a great day. Are you fed up with feeling exhausted and drained? I was some years ago until I took action to reclaim my confidence. Are you ready to regain your self-assurance and dive into a fulfilling professional journey that you adore? It's time to embrace the perfect blend of self-care and effective time management. Book a strategy call with me on my Beautifully Confident podcast website, where we'll team up and design a seamless work-life action plan tailored just for you. Take a peek at my 12-week She Elevates Now program 
where we delve into the depths and establish lasting habits that will transform your life. Let's partner up and make magic happen. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.